Instituto. Welcome to the Rest Stop. It's April 8th, Thursday, 2021. I'm Brad Restituto, Spencer Ostrowski with me. As always, we come to you every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. Good show for you in store tonight. NBA scoreboard and highlights we'll get to. Only about 18 games left in the regular season as we're coming down the home stretch of the regular season in the NBA. It is Masters Week, the tournament at Augusta National in Georgia, playing for the Green Jacket. Round one completed today. We'll talk a little bit about that tournament. No Tiger Woods, even though I'm having my Tiger turtleneck on today, uh, representing the first weekend of the Masters tournament. It's WrestleMania week. And, of course, the NFL draft coming right around the corner. And we've, we've talked about it on this show, the 49ers moving into the third pick. Now Las Vegas has Mac Jones as the betting favorite, Spencer, the ways to go number three overall. I'm still not buying it. I cannot – possibly buy that the San Francisco 49ers organization is that stupid that they would trade three first-round picks to get a guy that they could have maneuvered and given up a lot less to get. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Spence, let's go over some of the NBA scores tonight and talk about uh, some of the lead storylines as we're coming down the home stretch of the NBA season. The NBA TNT doubleheader on Thursday night, the first game had the L.A. Lakers, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis taking on the Miami Heat. The Heat get the victory 110-104. Jimmy Butler had 28 points, 7 rebounds. Contavious Caldwell-Pope for the Lakers had 28 points, 4 rebounds, and a loss. The Lakers 32-20 and 20 on the season. The Heat two games over 527-25. couple games still in action. The second of the TNT doubleheader is ending in the third quarter. It has the Clippers leading the Phoenix Suns 83-79 as the Suns had a nice win last night. They're in a back-to-back here. The LA Kings, I'm sorry, not the LA Kings, the Sacramento Kings, seven and a half point favorites tonight at home getting blasted in the fourth quarter by the Detroit Pistons. We've talked about on this show, Spence, the Detroit Pistons may only have a 15-36 and 36 record, but they are a tough out night in, night out. They're beating the Kings 94-80. to 80. Corey Joseph has 18 points, six assists for Detroit. In this one, finals from earlier tonight, the Chicago Bulls. I think they've won four straight, Spence, since three. some of these trades, three straight, mm-hmm. since some of the trades are now kind of settled in in Chicago. They beat the Raptors tonight, 122, 113. Zach Levine, a nice night, 22 points, six rebounds, 13 assists. The Cleveland Cavaliers, their favorite tonight of, uh, I believe, five points, uh, a little bit more than five points, I believe, but they blow out the Thunder tonight, 129, 102. Colin Sexton had 27 for the Cavs in a win. The Milwaukee Bucks, I believe, no Giannis tonight, Spence. And the Mavericks, they get the win 116-101. Kristaps Porzingis, a really nice night, 26 points and 17 rebounds in the win for the Mavericks. The other game going on tonight, when we jumped on the stream and started talking uh, before the show, Spence, the game, I believe, was tied at 68 between Portland and Utah. Utah has pulled away in the fourth quarter with a little over eight minutes left. The Jazz lead 101-82. to And the Jazz, we talked about Spence, and I I think they're going to be a really tough out come playoff time. Donovan Mitchell has 33 points 
in that one for Utah as they're going to probably cruise to this victory tonight against Portland. Spence, another team I want to talk about, they got a win last night, and I'm starting to think is maybe the runaway team. Uh, They are the betting favorite in Vegas uh, quite significantly. They beat the Pelicans. I know the Pelicans aren't that great last night, 139-111. New Orleans only has 22 wins, 29 losses on the season. But they continue to do it without their big three altogether playing in the lineup. Kyrie last night had 24 points for Brooklyn. Uh, But when James Harden is going to be sitting out a little while with a hamstring injury. But once you get Harden, Durant, Irving on the floor all healthy together with Blake Griffin, with LaMarcus Aldridge, you have Landry Shamit coming off the bench, Joe Harris, uh, Luau Cabarro, DeAndre Jordan. You've got such a deep team, Spence, in Brooklyn. I think I'm ready to go all in on the Brooklyn Nets winning the whole thing. I know I can get plus 165 at William Hill. I can maybe shop around at Circa stations and see if I can get a better number. When the Warriors were in their heyday a couple of years, a few years ago, I believe the year they lost uh, to Toronto, they were a huge favorite for most of the year, Spence. I'm talking minus 130, minus 150, meaning you're having to lay $140 to win 100. Right. Here I can bet 100 with William Hill and win 165 if Brooklyn wins at all. Am I too, too quick to pull the trigger? I mean, the Lakers are kind of holding back Anthony Davis, LeBron James, when playoff time, time comes, these guys are going to be 100% rested, ready for that playoff stretch. So the Lakers, we could be sleeping on a little bit here, but I'm I'm enamored now with Brooklyn. I, I, I was not buying in throughout the season. I'm bought in now. Uh, yeah, and you kind of alluded to the main issue, and I guess the main argument is health. With Ky, you know, um, Kyrie Irving has missed finals games because of injuries, and we all know Kevin Durant's situation as well, where he just – completely blew out his leg. And then what does that leave you with? Uh, You know, James Harden, who has never really shown up in the playoffs, has not been the guy. So if one of them does go down, he's going to have to step up. And we just haven't seen that quite yet. He's given up multiple times in different playoff series. The most famous one being that game seven uh, in Houston against the Spurs. And they just got waxed and he shot like two for 13. Not saying he would do something similar in this year's playoffs, but you get the point. I think they do need all three, or else they become very vulnerable defensively. Spence, um, the Lakers, do you, are, are we sleeping on them a little bit here? Once, look, I don't know how bad LeBron's injury is. We've never seen him miss this much time because of injury. I, I still have to believe LeBron James, being LeBron James, come playoff time, he will be 100% ready to go. But we don't know that for sure because we've never seen him in a situation where he's missed this much time for injury. At this stage in his career, should Lakers fans, Lakers betters be worried that LeBron may not be 100% at all the rest of this season? Uh, it's a tough question. Again, you're kind of we are a little bit in uncharted territories. He did have that problem with the Lakers in his first season. But if he feels like he's ready, like which kind of seems to be the notion, like I trust him and believe him when he says that. We know he likes to control his narrative, so if he definitely wasn't 100%, we'd be hearing him, you know, booing about it all the time. I, at least I think. Uh, I mean, when they if they're all healthy, which I think, you know, they've taken enough time off and they can get to that point. Andre Drummond too kind of had a weird injury where his like toenail got taken off, unbelievable. Uh, but when they're all together, I mean, it's kind of the perfect match against the Nets. 
the Nets are the weakest inside, and that would just be the ultimate force there. The, I mean, Andre Drummond would just kill them on the offensive glass, and you would hope that that would slow them down overall, and the Lakers could control the pace of the game simply because of how much attention they'd have to bring to the two guys who are rebounding the ball, Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond. Uh, I like the Lakers. I think you should still have confidence in them. And if anything, you're getting great odds because of how high people are on the Nets. I think this is probably the best value you're going to get for them the entire season. And don't you mentioned Spence, Andre Drummond. Let's not forget that addition by the Lakers. Once you have a full lineup of Andre Drummond, Dennis Schroeder, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, I mean, you've, you've got a formidable starting lineup. You had Caldwell Pope, Matthews, the Morris twin, Alex Caruso, Montrez Harrell. You've got a really solid team that's got nice depth. So let's not sleep on the Lakers yet. It's easy to sleep on them when you have no LeBron, no Anthony Davis. Uh, Spence, let's move back to the Brooklyn Nets. What We know defensively that they struggle and they can't really stop anybody. But I don't – and if you want to go analytics, there hasn't been a team that's had this low defensive rating or efficiency that's won an NBA title – you know, below, I believe, 23rd or 24th, which they are. That does not really phase me, all these statistics, because when you have the lineup that we discussed with Katie, with Harden, with Irving, with the depth, if you cannot stop them, they will score 130 plus on anybody. I don't, and I'm trying to think, give me a team, or let's talk about a team that maybe can match up with them defensively and slow them down just a little bit. Is it a team like in the finals, like a Utah Jazz, because James Harden will be neutralized a little bit because he won't be able to get to the rim like he's accustomed to with Rudy Gobert in the middle. We know that Harden's had some trouble going against Rudy Gobert, Jazz teams, getting in the lane like he's accustomed to, but he doesn't have to necessarily do that with this Brooklyn team. He can be the facilitator that he's been leading the league and assists, or at least the top three for the most part, who's going to match up against Kevin Durant. And then who's going to match up against Kyrie Irving. I mean, where do, where do you try to poke a hole in this Brooklyn offense? Which team has the best chance to try to poke that hole? Yeah. And it might not be from the West. I really, the only team that I can think of that matches up with them as well as you would probably prefer to is the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday, I think just one player of the month recently. He's having a great time, a great season so far for them. May have overpaid for him, but at least he's playing at an all-star caliber level. And then Giannis would guard Kevin Durant, and P.J. Tucker, you know, would play a lot of minutes against James Harden. He's a former teammate. He probably knows a little bit about him. So that's okay, and it's it'll all be on Giannis, who and, and, you know, theoretically would just kill them. Probably score four, close to 40 points a night. Blake Griffin down there, LaMarcus Aldridge, too slow or too small. And DeAndre Jordan is only going to be playing 15 minutes a game just around that like he is now. Uh, so I don't exactly see it working out for them. Uh, you know, can Milwaukee score enough? Can Giannis score well enough in the half court? will always be the question. But I love the way they kind of go one for one with them. Spence, we talked about some of the scores from tonight. Do we have any highlights that uh, we want to throw down for some of tonight's action? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out again to the Chicago Bulls. Everyone was hitting the panic button as soon as they weren't winning games uh, with Vucevic. But come on, it's an all-star you're trying to put into the offense. It's a big deal. And they look like they have a great team out there. Take a look at this highlight. Of the quarter, his first of the night. Good ball movement. Young. Ooh, nice move. Oh, nice. Oh, Yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. 
you know, Cavaliers had a pretty big night and not a huge win, but still, uh, Torian Prince had one of the biggest nights of his career. I think he scored like a career high 22 or 26 points. Uh, here's one of those buckets. Go for another seven, eight point run and really put this game away. Colin Sexton is joined by four reserves to open up this fourth quarter. Prince Delamadova. Here is Prince off the Hartenstein feed. He gets fouled, puts it up and in. Spence, let, let's talk about Cleveland for a minute. They played some pretty good basketball here the last month. At this point in the season, you have teams that are competing and really playing hard, and then teams kind of like Sacramento, like Oklahoma City, that seem to have kind of thrown it in. How do you gauge that? If you're if you're a betting person, you're trying to handicap, you're trying to watch these games, Spence, what teams to you have kind of mailed it in or, or go against every night? And, and what teams that are on that lower rung that are still playing hard night in, night out, like the Pistons, like the Cavs? That's a great question. I'm actually going to take a look at the standings just real quick. Who do I think? Houston's mailed it in, obviously. They got a big one the other night. But the Timberwolves, uh, whether or not they're mailing it in or not, it's one of the easiest bets every single night. It seems like it. I think you're right there, Spence. They, they're a go against almost every night. OKC definitely qualifies. I mean, they're just putting in absolute nobody's right they're, now. They're getting, they're getting destroyed every night. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I actually don't think there's that many candidates. Orlando Magic, they're – those young guys are playing hard because they're fighting for their jobs. They're all like on the last years. They're all in that 25 to 27 range. So I actually like betting them every other night. Detroit, we've already talked about, you know, is a pretty hard win. Washington's getting a couple quality games here and there. So, yeah, I think it's all actually in the West. The East is still pretty competitive on some level. Uh, Spence, let's go over the starting lineup of the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Um, at power forward – Aleskev Pokalevsky, um, he was drafted in 2001, seven foot, rookie, 190 pounds. Tonight, he had 10 points. Uh, small forward, Kenrick Williams, uh, third season from TCU. Never heard of Kenrick Williams. I'm not, I don't know how familiar you are with him. At center, looks like Moses Brown, second season from UCLA. Never heard of Moses Brown. A lot of G League guys, it sounds like to me. Right. Uh, <laughs> at point guard, Theo Maladon, I've heard of him. He's a rookie, um, but don't know much about him. I'm sure most of the country's never heard of him. And then uh, I believe this guy came over from the Pistons, Sev Luke. I believe he came over from the Pistons in a trade earlier in the year. He's a, a three-point specialist. Uh, right. He can get to the rim, European player. Um, Ty Jerome, who was drafted, uh, I believe, by Phoenix. He had that success with University of Virginia and Kyle Guy. He had 23 points tonight. But, Spence, there's nobody in this lineup that anybody knows. I mean, how can you bet Oklahoma City at all? Uh, they just play, they do play hard. So I, I, don't, I think they actually really depends on the matchup. It's like when they have these massive 10-point lines, they actually play decent enough defense to stop people most of the time. Today's not a good example, so I guess it's getting a little more inconsistent. So I guess they are leaning towards that way. But I think what this the problem here is just everything that they've done up to this point where you just get so many picks, like 28 picks, but it doesn't really mean anything on a day-to-day -day basis. They have to be converted right. at some point. They're not going to draft 28 guys. And, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, you, you saw Brooklyn do a lot of that. They're just like, you can have all the picks in the world, but – the players on the court or the players on the court future doesn't really have any tangible value. It does not. Spence, uh, if you have any more highlights, let's get to them. Uh, 
I wanted to give a shout out to Precious Achua. He was one of my favorite rookies going into the draft. I thought he was going to go to the Sacramento Kings simply yeah. because Tyrese Halliburton wasn't going to be there. Um, not very developed on offense, but wow, just an awesome rim protector. And he fits in pretty well with the Heat. Even Take a look at these uniforms, too. They're absolutely disgusting. In the turnover, a points off turnover battle. Oh, there's Achua with a big denial. What Precious Achua giving him some big minutes in the second half. How about this? Another block shot, but more importantly, they get the ball back. That's big fan of his. Uh, I think yeah, Spence, that's a nice draft pick. I mean, this Heat team was in the finals last year. You add a young guy like that that can contribute. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Heat are going to do come playoff time. They're going to. They seem like they may be able to sneak into one of these final seeds, and if they can turn it into another year, they could be a lot to handle come playoff time. I know, and I get it too, of course, because they were just in the finals, but they're like a game better than the Celtics, who have been absolutely trash this entire season. So with such a small dis disparity, it's weird to see the narrative behind the two teams are just drastically different, even though both of them have a ton of talent. The Celtics is a whole other issue, but I got to see something really soon before I just give up all faith. I think they're going to get swept in the playoffs because they keep they can't be this good and bad and then expect another run and they're already they're talking a lot of trash I, I've heard too Jimmy Butler's already talking about being back in the finals like you gotta worry about being in the playoffs first I don't think their heads are in the right place it's a good point anything else Spence I just got one more Luka Doncic is always nice to watch him play basketball Holy. unbelievable he's so good it's he just, is he's got to be if you're talking about the most entertaining basketball players in the world to watch he's got to be like top three in my opinion i think lebron james is the most entertaining basketball player in the world and then steph and Le you know steph and luca probably fight for the next spot for me spence and we know what luca did in the playoff bubble last year he was he, he stamped himself as a household name uh put it to the clippers in a tough series the clippers ended up winning the series but he was fantastic and a couple game winners there. And if Porzingis can stay healthy and then get some contribution from J.J. Redick, come playoff time, I don't think anybody wants to face the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think a team like the Suns especially probably wouldn't like a matchup like that. Not at all. It's interesting to think about the playoffs just moving forward. You know, how serious are the Phoenix Suns? They got a big win over the Utah Jazz. But are either of those teams actually better than the Lakers and Clippers, who people still believe in more than them despite, you know, the regular season results? Yeah, I'm curious. What what have you seen from Rajon Rondo since this acquisition? Has he really done anything since he's taken uniform for the Clippers? I mean, is he starting to get acclimated with this team and with this lineup? Yeah, let me read you his stat line today because he was playing. It seemed like he was – oh, it looks like the Clippers are taking a 10-point lead over the Suns, so taking care of business. Rondo has 10 points, uh, two rebounds and six assists, three of six shooting, so pretty good game for them. Exactly well, you know, what they traded him for. They're hoping for playoff Rondo, and if they can get that out of them, I mean, that would be a really big deal for their team. We'll have to monitor it as we go. We're coming down the home stretch of the NBA season. This is the rest stop. I'm Brad Restituto. That's Spencer Ostrowski. You can follow us on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz for Spencer and at Brad the Believer for myself. Uh, watch us live every Tuesday and Thursday, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. If you miss any part of the show live, check out the audio podcast, any of the podcasting platforms, search. Landry Football Conference call and the rest stop will be underneath there. Also, subscribe and like to my YouTube channel at Brad the Believer or 
Brad the Believer in quotations. You'll see all of the shows posted, and we'll post some other stuff that we'll get to later. We had uh, we had a, a good time, Spence. We'll talk about later. We went uh, for about half an hour to one of the fields here in Las Vegas. Nice weather, threw the football around. We could not uh, get anybody else to participate. As usually, there's people out there at the fields. There was no one the other day, and of course, the two people I tried to rely on to show up, uh, they're about as reliable as a fire ant, um, which is nothing. I don't want to harp on them too bad. Uh, I, I do call them friends, but that's such a loose term uh, when you deal with uh, customers as unreliable uh, as these two. One of them to be mentioned, Brian Bravo, is just uh, he, he is a, a sad and pathetic individual. So um, unfortunately for him, Spence, uh, he came here to Vegas from New York uh, he's lived here before, and he's absolutely done nothing with himself. You haven't seen him on the chat here lately. He's been a complete waste of space and probably will continue to be that way. So, uh, But we'll we'll leave it at that for now. Um, and some other sad news, Spence. We talked about it last show. It seems on Twitter the report is rapper DMX has passed away. Um, he was not doing very well after being kind of in a vegetative state after what was reported as a drug overdose, very popular rapper in the late 90s, early 2000s with the Rough Riders. Looks like he has passed on. And, uh, of course, you know, you never like to wish death upon anybody or, or speak will of the dead, regardless of what your thoughts are on them. I know a lot of people that you know, Spence, um, were pretty harsh on Rush Limbaugh when he passed, had some negative things to say. And, you know, it's fair to have your opinion about any human being. Uh, but when people pass on, there's no no need to, to continue to stop the grave. I mean, it is what it is. And, and regardless of, of your affiliation or what your beliefs, how they align with these human beings, these human beings have family and friends and people that love them, regardless of what you think about them. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, DMX has passed on. Um, and that's where we're at here on April 8th, 2021. We're still trying to put the coronavirus as a country and as a whole in the rearview mirror. A lot of people here in Las Vegas are starting to get the vaccines. A lot of people around the country spent getting the vaccines. And it looks like we're going to have capacities and stadiums here soon. And we're going to start to move forward here in Las Vegas. We're getting a lot of people back in town, contributing uh, to the economy, coming back, trying to enjoy themselves. We still don't have, have a bunch of live music and nightclubs opening back up, but hopefully the people that have been impacted the most financially because of all of this stuff going on with the pandemic can get their lives back to a sense of normalcy. Uh, but there's still a lot of things are still so political, Spence. It's hard to really kind of siphon through all of the bullshit and, and figure out, uh, you know, what the best thing is moving forward. Um, you know, and you can kind of dissect the information as you hear it and find out what works best for you. Um, I, I know that politically, a lot of people have talked about, um, you know, the assistance and the stimuluses, encouraging people not to go back to work. Um, you know, look, this has put a lot of things in perspective for people. You've got to pay people live, livable wages to have them go back to work. You have to do that moving forward. You can't pay people 10 and $12 an hour and expect them to support families when you continue to raise rent and the market value of everything else goes up around you. So you've got to figure out a way to help people make a livable wage where they can support for themselves and their families. And it's not on us as the, as the workers to figure it out. It's on the corporations to do it. And it, a lot of it's greed. There's no reason, Spence, that CEOs and CFOs and 
uh, board member should be making a hundred times more than their lowest paid employee. There's no reason for it. So figure that out first. Stop with the nonsense about McDonald's workers and all this. Every livable wage job, everybody that goes into the workforce should be paid at least $15 an hour or more. I don't want to hear anything else about it. That's fact. That is the world we live in. If they're crap employees, get rid of them. Hire better people. There's plenty of great people in this country that deserve jobs that don't have them. And there's a bunch of jackass jabronis working that shouldn't be working because they're incompetent. They don't have any passion, desire, or aptitude to learn uh, basic customer service or skill set that you can teach to a trained monkey. But there's a bunch of dumb idiots out there that obtain and have jobs that don't deserve them. So hire better workforce, period. End of story. Do you have anything you'd like to add to that, Spence? Uh, wow, you're coming in hot. It's a, I like the speech, but no, I agree with you. I mean, if you work how it's very strange that you can work so much or you can work a full schedule like everybody else and you can't pay your bills at the end of the day, even though you've worked the same amount of hours. And, you know, I mean, obviously there's going to be different levels of pay, and, but you should be able to go home and pay your light bill, pay your water bill, no matter what you do. It's kind of ridiculous. And uh, I think when you higher have higher wages you have higher motivation to work i mean why would you want to work knowing that you won't be making enough to survive off of it's just fundamentally doesn't make any sense and it's also just a lot of just general problems i think we can all agree on that amazon pays zero dollars in taxes every year how is that even how do we pay yeah. taxes but amazon it's a great system spence it's unbelievable and i don't think they're doing it illegally i think that's just the way the tax code is written they're just and the system it. works i'll yeah. tell you a quick a quick story spence so my mom right my mom lives here in las vegas uh, out towards uh, 95 area, uh, I believe north or south or something like that. Either way, she's retired. She's been retired for, I believe, a little under a year. Uh, so she wanted to get back into the workforce on a part-time basis. So it seemed like a perfect fit. She answered an ad of a company that was looking for like front desk help. They only wanted to hire somebody two, two days a week. Um, so that was going to work out perfect for her. She could get out of the house, work a couple days a week. I thought it was going to be great. Uh, so she goes in for training and, you know, my mom doesn't have this high education or anything, but any job she's ever done, she's done really well at it. Uh, and she's a good learner. If you teach her something, she can pick it up pretty quickly, you know, and she's in her early sixties. It's not like she's uh, fresh out of high school and doesn't understand how to speak to people. Right. So she's, uh, and she met the, the owner beforehand. She said, and she said, look, you know, I'm in my early sixties. I'm just looking to work a couple of days a week. Um, you know, nothing full time or whatever. So it seemed like a good fit. So after a couple of days, uh, I'm talking to my mom about this new job and she's like highly agitated with the structure because she's getting trained by someone who's doing a fine job of training her. But this owner is like breathing down her neck, micromanaging every, every three minutes. Like you're talking to uh, like a, a handicapped person that can't understand basic you know, knowledge of how to operate a phone or how to speak to people. I understand if you're a business owner, you want things done the right way, but no way uh, in any capacity do you want to treat your employees like you're breathing down their neck. Nobody likes to feel that way. And they, they the uh, people that were already working there, Spence told her they had already hired and fired like three or four people in her position. Yeah. So, so she was like, 
already agitated within the first week saying, look, I don't know if this is going to work. This lady keeps breathing about down my neck. She's, you know, aggravating. She's not personable. So how the story ends. So my mom was going in for one of her training shifts and she says hi to the owner. The owner does not say hi back. It was some lady, like I, like I said, also in probably in her sixties. So, um, so my mom sits down for drink for training. The owner calls the person training my mom into the back and instructs the trainer to go out and fire my mom, get rid of her for, for no reason, not, not say, not given a reason, just saying, let her go. So my mom was already one foot in one foot out anyway. So she wasn't completely, uh, you know, bent up about that happening, but it just goes to show you like these are the type of morons you're dealing with in the workforce. Even if she has a successful business or whatever, this is not how you operate dealing with people. You, you don't deal with people this way. You, you don't send uh, an employee out to fire somebody, number one. And a proper style of keeping employed people is not to breathe down their neck and micromanage them. I mean, this is the world we live in, Spencer the Wiz. This is why during this whole pandemic, I'm very trepidatious of getting back into the workforce. I don't want to deal with incompetence. I don't want to be taking orders from idiots. Uh, so this is a very much a challenge. This is very much why I would love to monetize the rest stop and everything that we do so we don't have to worry uh, about answering to people. Uh, but unfortunately, we're not quite there yet. And once this whole pandemic thing is really put on the back burner, uh, it's probably more likely than not I will be back in the workforce for at least a short period of time. And I actually did get some good news. I got an email from the new Resorts World property uh, saying I'm a finalist for like the Bellman position. Uh, so that's really good news. That would be a good job. Uh, so we'll see how that shapes up. And, and it would also be good there, Spence, because I'd be starting on the ground floor with a casino and operation. I don't have to worry about getting into clicks or having to deal with politics because I'll be there at the very beginning. I can sign it, kind of set a work ethic standard uh, and kind of set the bar high for myself. And the politics game won't be already in, inherently in there as I go in. So uh, I'll keep you updated on that story as we continue to move forward. That was my little rant on where we're at as a country, employment-wise, COVID-19-wise. But Spence, you've already got one of your COVID shots. Is this correct? Or at least you're scheduled to have one, I believe, from talking to you the other day. Yeah, so I got the Johnson & Johnson shot, meaning I only have to do one dose. So I'm technically fully vaccinated. Uh, they told me it would take two weeks. But I, what I just wanted to say was so interesting about the workforce is uh, we live in such a digital world where everything is so public. And yet what goes on uh, inside a day-to-day -day work is so private and you only hear about these stories in little peeps. Uh, so it's kind of curious how it's uh, survived it all this time. And you can't really go public about it. There's like nowhere to go public or it's strange to do so to talk about work on public platforms. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, if people listen to the rest stop, they can get all the, all the dirt because I'll lay it all out there. And uh, we'll see if I do get the gig at Resorts World, if I have to sign any uh, confidentiality agreements uh, or what have you. So because uh, I'd probably be one to spill some of the dirt here on the show. But I know sure. there's some stuff that I won't be able to disclose. Uh, gosh, I lost my train of thought there, Spence. Uh, I was going to say something else in regards to that. And I totally uh, lost my train of thought. So we'll see. Uh, if it comes to me as we continue to move on. But we'll get back to sports, Spence. In the NFL, of course, some of the big news that keeps coming out, new information pretty much on a daily basis. Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Houston Texans, has been a part of trade rumors for many months, but now taking over the story with Deshaun Watson, 
aside from his relationship with the Houston Texans, is the sexual misconduct allegations that continue to fall fall down layer after layer. This is not good news for Deshaun Watson. He's lost endorsement deals in this past week, huge ones with uh, Beats by Dre, with Nike. This is not good for the franchise quarterback, the national championship quarterback out of Clemson, uh, as his trade value is almost now at zero. And whether he'll play for the Houston Texans or at all this season is probably yet to be determined as the NFL has yet to lay down sanctions or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lay down punishment for some of the allegations that's going on. And Spence, I think you have some video of one of the accusers possibly with Deshaun Watson. And if you have that Spence, let's get that ready. Yeah. So uh, there, I think one woman came out and I think more are starting to now the second lady had made it like an official statement, but yeah, it's a little graphic. So I guess keep that in mind if you're listening, but uh, just they're finally kind of recounting what happened that I minded, and as I attempted to start the session, you clearly directed me away from a therapeutic glute massage toward your anus. Every boundary from professional and therapeutic to sexual and degrading, you crossed or attempted to cross. You insisted that I not use my knuckles or forearms, but that I use my fingers for digital stimulation, which is an ethical violation of massage practice when working in the gluteal area. Wow, Spence. Uh, let me ask you this question, Spence. And uh, sports nista Cassandra Cousineau, if you're still there in the chat, jump in with, with, with this, uh, with the response to, to what, what I'm thinking here. Do you tie any of what's been leaked here, Spence, to the disgruntled nature and relationship of the Texans and Deshaun Watson? Or is it strictly coincidence that this battle he's had about sitting out with the team and these allegations have come out kind of parallel simultaneously uh, within a short period of time, each other. Do you think that at all there's any correlation of the two? That's just such a genuine, a genuine comment, I should say. So at that point, you're you're almost just calling these women liars. And I mean, otherwise, how could the timing have worked out? Uh, and uh, first of all, these women are super brave for doing this. It's like super hard to come out about this, especially when it comes to an NFL player in the media world that we live in today. I mean, everybody will know your name. Uh, so no, I would say no, because I think that's an important step for just like people in the United States in general and taking these kinds of allegations seriously. Uh, cause if this go, if this just blows by him, that's such a huge blow to, to victims of sexual assault and like being afraid to come out with it. I think this is, this is crazy Spence. And I, I kind of uh, agree with Cassandra here. Maybe the best thing for Deshaun Watson is to step away for the, for, from the game for a year and kind of get his priorities in check because this is just this seems to have come out of nowhere uh cassandra says it's very fishy the relationship with the attorney with the owner it's all suspicious to me sounds to me like somebody knew where the bodies were buried and when it was time they dug that's kind of what my gut is telling me what cassandra just said there in the chat it just seems too fishy that you know the Houston Texans and the people that be in that organization is Deshaun Watson was crucifying them and saying I will never play for you again and then kind of within and we look Spence you see this in movies all the time people with all this information play hardball it would not surprise me at all if if, if this is how it happened how Cassandra described not saying she's saying not saying it did or didn't happen but I agree with the fact that it just seems really uh ironic uh coincidental fishy that this came out in such a heavy avalanche 
kind of around the same time. I mean, it seems like these people could have been paid off. This could have been buried. And like Cassandra said, when it's time, we'll dig up the bodies. And I feel like this is a scenario like this. This maybe could have been brushed under the rug a little bit longer. I have no idea, though, Spence. This is just strictly allegations, but it just yeah. is so coincidental, the timing of Deshaun never playing for Houston again and now having almost zero trade value. Now, of course, the the new head coach, David Colley, they've came out and said Deshaun's been our quarterback. He's our quarterback the whole time. So – you know, maybe it is just coincidental, the timing of the two. And, and they were not going to trade Deshaun regardless. But now trading Deshaun looks like very far away, given the circumstances and situations. And, I mean, where does Deshaun Watson go from here? How does he salvage this and continue his career? I kind of agree with Cassandra. I think he maybe needs to take a year and step away from the game and kind of get all of his uh, his – Whatever, whatever, get his life, get the steps of his life in order. Uh, yeah, and the first thing I'll say is that could very well be true, but I, I think as long as the most important part of the narrative for everybody is the fact that he did these like heinous crimes, I think that's the most important thing. Whether or not like they dug it up or not, I think is kind of not important in the situation at all. You're right. Uh, just, you know, that's a way of thinking of it at least, but he like kind of needs to go to prison. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> isn't this something you, like most people go to prison for? It's not like a media attention thing. If he did this, that's a crime. Like you should maybe do time for that. And it's, it's really weird that we treat celebrities in such a different light that it's almost like this political thing where they're not allowed to go to jail because they're so famous. Like, no, if, if this was found out about me or you, I mean, we'd be locked up at this very moment. I least that's my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I mean, you're, you're making a great point here, Spence. I mean, we're, we're talking now. I mean, I, I don't know how much evidence there is. This woman came out and there's 22 people. So, I mean, it's it's really kind of naive to say, well, where's the evidence at this point? But, you, I mean, you make a really compelling point here, Spence. We're talking this guy should, should maybe be in jail at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's really hard to believe – I would at least like to live in a world where people that many people can't be paid off to make fake statements. So I don't know. I mean, that's kind of where I think I'm going to draw the line and saying that I 100% believe all these allegations that all seem a little too suspicious to one track where they all kind of line up and make the same sense. It's a very pattern based thing. If he's found guilty, absolutely. He should not be able to play football ever again. First of all, like there should not be a little, a little dig up, even if he like goes to prison, it comes out should never allow to be in football ever again. That would just send such a horrible message to the United States kids who play football. Just It would be a horrible, horrible look. Yeah, that's Spencer Ostrowski. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad the Believer. On Instagram at Brad the Believer. Give us a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Brad the Believer there as well. We post all of the podcasts and some other nice and fun videos and information and some of those will uh, play for you here tonight that we'll also post on the YouTube channel. And if you miss any part of the show live, make sure you check any of the audio podcasting platforms to check out the show Landry football conference call and the rest stop will be underneath there. Spence, some more news from a former NFL player. And this again, heartbreaking news, Philip Adams, former defensive back in the NFL played for the Cardinals for the jets uh, was involved in, in a horrific murder. 
Um, they're saying slaughtered five people on Wednesday, including two children at a home in South Carolina. Philip Adams was identified as the person that uh, committed these murders. He was a seventh round pick in 2010. He stormed a home in Rock Hill, South Carolina on Wednesday afternoon and shot five people to death. The victims, a 70-year-old Dr. Robert Leslie, his wife, a 69-year-old Barbara, uh, their grandchildren, nine and five years old, and a fifth victim, 38-year-old James Lewis, was working at the home when Adams opened fire. Um, and then he killed himself afterwards. Uh, th the case took a dark twist Thursday morning when the officials say um, – Adams took his own life around midnight Thursday morning by way of gunshot. Uh, according to the reports, there was a prior connection between Adams and the victims. The football player's parents live in the area, and Philip had reportedly been treated by Dr. Robert Leslie. This is this is insane, Spence. Uh, Adams was a star defensive back at South Carolina State in the late 2000s before being drafted by the 49ers in 2010. He bounced around with the Patriots, Raiders, playing in 52 games before his NFL career ended in 2013. Wow. Uh, I don't know what the connection was here. We've talked about CTE being a really huge issue and people going off the deep end when you talk about these horrific violent crimes. Um, Spence, th this one is is just like numbing. Um, and you don't want to put football players kind of in a box of doing these violent things because these things happen every day in every walk of life. But this is tragic. And, of course, the, the NFL community and alumni have got to be torn up and broken up by having another one of their own be involved in a horrific situation and not only um, taking his own life but killing five innocent people and two young children. This is just numbing. And uh, his dad, Philip Adams' dad, came out and said football. He believes football. Uh, it, there's definitely a link between football and his violence and that he was normally a, a soft-spoken, humble guy. Uh, Spence, have you got to read up on any of this story? And it, it's just it's just really numbing. Yeah, and uh, I just think the scary part about this is the player agreement that we just talked about, where I said, I'm not worried about Odell Beckham Jr. and Ezekiel Elliott. It's the guys who play two to three years in the league and now will fall under that league minimum for health care after their playing career. And this is just like the worst example of that, and it's just – it really isn't that much you can say about it. It's just awful, and there's, like, no explanation for it. I just hope that every single football player, even in college football, I say you should sign a contract when you're a kid, uh, your freshman year, that you can get health care for the rest of your life no matter what because kids suffer horrible injuries too. And if it could lead to something like this, I mean, I think that has to be the undisputed only answer that you can have to it. Spence, let, let's move on to something a little more lighthearted. We had uh, what our version of the rest stop combine the other day, Spence. And uh, I wanted this to be more exciting and you to film it and we have more participants, but we could not get more participants out. So let's go to the race first. Brad the Believer, Spencer the Wiz in the rest stop combine, 40-yard dash. Spence, let's check it out. <laughs> a photo finish between Close. spencer the whiz and brad the believer and spence has some wheels on him. spence let's play this one more time the rest stop 40 yard dash go to it
Take a, cl a close look. It's hard to tell. Ah, <laughs> uh, the sports nista saying I got uh. dusted, and I know she's right. But Cassandra, check this out. We tried to recreate uh, some of the throwing in the combine. Spence, go to this great clip. I tried to redeem myself here. Check this out. Spence, we got to see that one more time. One more time. All right, take a look. Spence, get, give the listeners there a replay of what they saw there, okay, and give a grade there. That was that was a nice throw and catch by uh, myself and you there, Spence. Yeah, took took a snap and rolled out to the left. I, I went for the uh, corner fade in the end zone from the forty yard line on on the dime and uh, reached out and caught it with my hands. It was pretty pretty good hands there. All right, we got. I, I we've got to see it one more time, Spence. <laughs> one more time for the people just just joining us here. The rest hey, stop combine. Here we go. <laughs> That was fantastic. Uh, the only thing I, I I love I love the throw and catch there, Spence. But the thing I take away the most from this video, it's time for the believer to get back in the gym. What is going on with my shirt and this stomach I got going on here? It's time to lose. It's time to lose about. It's time to lose about forty pounds for the believer before we take any more videos. <laughs> Although I had a great time uh, doing that with you, Spence, and uh, Cassandra called me out here. I got dusted. Dispenser the Wiz in a photo finish, Spence. Uh, for everyone just joining, so show it one more time. Uh, I, I've got I got beat by uh, Spencer the Wiz here in the rest stop forty yard dash. I've obviously got to work on my speed as well. Spence, go to the forty yard dash. Spencer the Wiz gets it done. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say out there, everybody. Uh, I need to lose 40 pounds. We'll say that. Uh, and I, I guess if I were to make excuses, I, I would say that, uh, you know, Spence has me in the age department by, uh, let's see, almost 25 years. So uh, I guess it was in I still don't accept it. It was not a great showing by me. I've got to get back uh, eating right and into the gym. Uh, and yes, Amanda, we talked about, or did we talk about this? No, we talked yeah. about it off the air. No, no uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. We I did. 
Was it? I actually I don't remember now if we talked about it on the show. <laughs> yeah, off the air. So I took a couple couple L's this week, everyone. Spencer the Wiz gets me by by a yard in the 40-yard dash. And uh out of 175 games of horse, uh, my girlfriend, you'll see here on the chat here, Amanda Schumacher, she did beat me in horse today for the first time ever, legitimately. Um, now I must say, Spence, the way we play horse is if I make a shot, she does get two chances to make the shot, not just one. So when she makes a shot, I only have one chance to to match it. But she, within those rules, she did win fair and square. Uh, it was very close. We, She had me at HOR. She hit a corner three. And then I matched it, which was huge, to not get the S letter. Uh, but then I started going cold, and she was still hitting from three. She got me to S and then hit a wing three for the game winner. And then I could not answer and match. And she got the victory today uh, for the first time ever. I've been beaten in horse by Amanda Schumacher and uh, uh, it it hurts me, Spence. I have taken the L in every way this week. Um, After, after Tuesday, I told you about my great pickup game performance. It's gone all downhill from there. As we go to the field, I look like I weigh 360 pounds and I clearly need to lose 40. Spencer, the Wiz dust me in the 40. I make a good throw, but it's not outshined by the fact that I can't fit in my shirt. And then today, my girlfriend beats me for the first time ever in horse. I'm taking L's left and right after patting myself on the back of my great basketball performance. At least you can see me from the neck up, and I look great in my master's turtleneck. Other than that, I'm very depressed and lonely inside as I look like a fat, disgusting whale on a rest stop combine video. And I've gotten beat by my girlfriend and horse, and Spencer the Wiz dusted me in the 40-yard dash. I am not having a great week since Tuesday. Hopefully the weekend has some better things in store for me. You're so harsh on yourself. I mean, geez, I think well, we can all probably afford to lose. I can probably afford to lose five thousand. No, don't, 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 don't you, no. don't you make, don't you, don't you lighten this situation, Spence. The truth <laughs> is the truth. Everyone's seen it now. We've replayed it 40 times, uh, and it's 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 tough. Uh, I mean, uh, it's for, for me, it, it's all about the eating, the overeating. Uh, it's an embarrassment. I made a great throw. I probably would have graded myself an A plus on that throw, but the body, the mobility gets a D minus. And uh, I've got next time we go and film, I've got to look fluid rolling out in the pocket. That gut can't be flying around everywhere. And then it won't overshadow the great throw. I mean, everything else overshadows the fact that I threw a dime out there, but nobody will care because I look so slow and fat in the process of doing it. So it's unfortunate and it's terrible, um, and it, it, it totally wow. did not work out how I expected. So I gotta get some of these sound bites. I gotta play them for all the time. <laughs> With that being said, as we're wrapping up tonight's show, right. it is a great week of sports because we have the Masters that kicked off today at Augusta National. Uh, no Tiger Woods, of course, um, but another great field, and of course. Not having the Masters in the capacity that you had it last year, it's great to have it back in action here at Augusta National. And through round one, Justin Rose has a four-shot lead over Brian Harmon, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, some other guys tied for fourth place. Patrick Reed uh, tied for fourth at minus two. A former champ, former major winner, Shane Lowry, minus one. Jordan Spieth, who won last week, minus one. Justin Rose, a four-shot lead um, going into round two. But Spence, the Masters, a classic tournament, Augusta National. Of course, the state of Georgia – 
and all kinds of controversy, losing the all-star game, voter suppression or what have you. But I'm sure golf fans and the players are happy to get back at Augusta National and play this historic course, this historic major tournament. And Justin Rhodes off to a great start, seven under on day one. Yeah, and I, I got a few highlights. I guess I'll show them now. Dustin Johnson, of course, uh, you know, won the Masters last year. Not having a great day, but he hit a great shot earlier. I'll show you that one. That is just fantastic. Dude, oh, Dustin. my goodness. It wasn't that easy. He left it. Uh, so that was a nice shot. I think he finished plus one, so not the day that he wanted. But uh, I don't know. That's why you love the Masters, just seeing shots like that. For some reason, there's something in the air for these golfers when they play on these greens. Spence, do you have anything else for the Masters today, or is that it? No, absolutely. I got Jordan Spieth. Of course, he's kind of a center of conf- uh, conversation. He also hit a, a, just a nasty shot. Take a look at this. Jordan Spieth, third. This is some kind of crazy fast, Trevor. It's got a lot of speed. That's like, well, he needs to hit the flag. Oh, my oh. goodness. <laughs> Look at him. He knows it. He knows it. Michael Geller motioned to me, Trevor, that he thought that ball was in the water had it not hit the Yeah, he triple bogeyed earlier, which just makes that putt even almost, like almost worse because if he had hit that after parring that hole, I mean, he'd really be racing up towards the top right now. A lot of golf left to play, of course, but that'll help him get back into it. That was an equal. And here's like a, a quick highlight from leader Justin Rose. Justin Rose, his second. Big high draw. Using the wind. Middle of the green would be a good shot from there. What a shot from Rose. Oh, my goodness. That nearly went in. What a round he is playing today. What a beautiful putt. What a fantastic run of holes from the eighth. Eagle birdie, birdie, and then five more birdies from 12 through 17. Uh, yeah, fantastic job uh, in round one by Justin Rosen. He's played pretty good at this tournament over the years, Spence. So we'll see. We know that no lead is safe at the Masters, but what a great feeling to go into round two with a four-shot lead, shooting seven under in day one. If this guy could just kind of keep an even pace, Spence, shoot another nice round and then kind of keep course, there's no reason why he can't go wire to wire and win this thing. Absolutely, but it's always about the nerves, right? And that's kind of what everyone worries about. Everyone's looking at you for the uh... – one of the biggest tournaments kind of sucks to be the leader. The one thing I wanted to say about the masters though, is that I'm just really glad that all this controversy has not affected it at all. Because when I was watching those highlights, I was just appreciating, appreciating the game of golf. I wasn't thinking about what their political stances were on anything. And I actually think this stems to a bigger problem of humanizing corporations and to thinking that they are one person or one entity that has this one kind of thought. It's weird to think of them as people, but that's kind of what they've turned into today. Uh, let golf be golf. It's one of the most beautiful courses in the world, and I wouldn't want it anywhere else. Uh, Spence, before we wrap up, I know I said earlier tonight that DMX has passed away. TMZ is saying uh, he's still on life support, uh, that the mom and the family has a difficult choice. Uh, TMZ, it says, reported around 9 o'clock Pacific time when we started the show, family is still holding out hope for a miracle and why he remain, remains on life support with no 
improvement in brain function. The grim circumstances are bringing his family closer than ever. As of late Thursday night, the rapper's manager and close friend, Steve Rifkin, told TMZ his condition has not changed. However, sources close to his family tell us ex's mother, Arnett Simmons, his fiance Desiree Lindstrom, his ex-wife, Tashira Simmons, and his baby mama, Ladira Borrego, along with his children, have become a tight-knit group over the last week while praying for improvement. We're told his loved ones have been staying at his home and friends' homes in the area, never too fly far from White Plains Hospital, where DMX remains in a coma. So it looks like the plug has not been pulled quite yet, even though there's reports all on Twitter, but it does not look great for DMX and his family. Spence, as we wrap up here, uh, Masters Week, NBA in action, WrestleMania Week as well. You know I'm a big mark for wrestling. Uh, WrestleMania is happening in a two-part series. You can find it on Peacock. I've got to say I'm probably about 12 weeks behind on my WWE uh, watching, but I'm a big fan of the NXT product. I'm more caught up there. You've got actually some highlights from NXT, Spence. Let's see them. Let's see it. Out of Cole. Somehow still standing, unlike the two competitors. I've no idea how Kyle O'Reilly has anything at all left after what he has gone through. Now he's still flinching onto his neck. Cole obviously knows. Now what is Adam Cole looking at? What is going through the sick, sadistic mind of Adam Cole? Well, there's clearly no depth to the depravity he's displayed tonight. And Adam Cole now really starting to look at Kyle O'Reilly, really looking at putting the finishing touches on the career O'Reilly, fighting right back, trying to put down Adam Cole, trying to put Cole in. That's pretty nasty. That's that pretty was cool. awesome. Shout out to my my guy, Big Nings. Uh, he's ready for WrestleMania. He's hyped up. Uh, we'll see if we can figure out a way to get it on Peacock and watch it. Spence, do you have any idea what's going on in WrestleMania this weekend? What are you most looking forward to? Uh, I have no idea. Not anything in particular. Uh, last time I actually paid attention, and I paid attention to everything. I knew every storyline for WrestleMania was when Ronda Rousey was in. She actually drew like 90% of my interest I think she's like one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. Just what able what she was able to do in her first season at WWE. I know it has nothing to do with WrestleMania 37, but yeah. All right, Spence. While we're wrapping up, we got a few people join us. Let's go to the rest stop combine to finish up the touchdown pass. <laughs> the believer to the whiz. Let's hit it as we finish up here, Spence. Spence, I just got a notification. Our video has been blocked oh. by WWE. Oh, so we probably played too much of it. <laughs> hopefully uh, you go in and edit that so we can still play it on the YouTube channel and what have you. So anyway, we'll wrap up tonight's show. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy the Masters. Enjoy WrestleMania. Enjoy your NBA action. We will be back with you on Tuesday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you back on Tuesday.